little bit of a, a, a teaching and a workshop time where we're going to learn from one another. And so what I need you to do is we're going to break up in six groups. Let me go through this real quick. Let me go to the end of this. I got this backwards. But I'm going to have you kind of, I'm going to start in prayer right here. And then I'm going to have you break up in six groups. And each group is going to be assigned a passage to read. Some of them are like 25 verses, so you have to kind of get at it. And then I'll give you some instruction on that in a minute. But right now, if you could help me, like maybe some of you up here, could you guys gather up here in a group of one, maybe group one? I need six groups. So if you guys could help me do that pretty quickly, however that looks. I think we got 30 people or so. So if you guys could just kind of find yourself in six groups. So we got group one here, we got group two here. John and Terry and the crew, you got three groups there. Four. Five. Zach, you guys start a group right over there. Yeah, you and you guys grab a group, three or four of you or whatever, right, right in there somewhere. Are you going to be a group by yourself, Zach? That's all right. We just, I need six groups. So... All right. So as the, those, those of you who are coming in, join a group. We basically got six groups broken up here. So this is, we got group one here, group two, group three, group four. In the back, we'll call that group five, and I need one more group of six. So Jared, would you help us be a group six just back there in the center somewhere? And a group of you gather around Jared. That's right there. Okay, that'll be group six. Okay, doing good. Very good. Those of you coming in, join a group. Maybe Joe and Mary jump back there with Jared's group. That'll be great. All right. So let me, uh, <clears throat> let me pray for us, and then I'll give you some quick instruction. And it, we're just trying to make the most of our time because time is always limited here, so... Uh, let me pray, and I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you have given us this divine message and divine knowledge from heaven. That No man came up with this, and I look forward this morning as we just briefly look at your word, and we're stirred with, even 2,000 years ago, our brothers and sisters and what they were talking to people about. It's pretty awesome stuff. And so I thank you. I pray you'll stir our hearts, and that we'll see some things clearly this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's the instruction I have for you, and I can help you with some paper if you need it. What I need each group to do, so I'm going to go ahead and assign it. You can see up here, see the, mess, the groups I have listed on the PowerPoint? So you guys will be group one, and then group two. Terry and John, you guys will be group three, group four, group five back there, and then Jared's group, group six. Okay? You got a mic? Okay, we're, and we'll use that microphone in a little bit. So here's what I want you to do. You look up there. You're going to take that passage. You guys have it figured out? You guys are group four over there? Five? Okay. Um, you're going to take that passage, and I want you to quickly as a group read it. So you can each read a verse or two and get through it, or if one person wants to read it, you guys figure that out. I hope you can just do that pretty quickly. And then what I want you to do is one person in the group, one person in the group will be the secretary. Okay, and if you need some paper, I brought some scrap paper with me. And I want you just to have a conversation about that, that message that you're going to read. These are sermons preached in the early church. Okay, each one of these are a sermon. And what I want you to do is answer those questions. Who is the preacher? 
Who are they preaching to? And then if you were to make a quick, as a group, outline of that message, what are the, you know, the poignant, the, the key points of that message that those guys are preaching? Okay? And then I want somebody in the group to take those notes. Because what we're going to do is then we're going to come back together in a few minutes here, and I'm going to hand a microphone, and we're going to go group by group by group. And one, the person who wrote the notes is going to stand up and say, okay, this is the passage we read. Here's the preacher, here's who they're preaching to, and here's the three, four, five key points that we pulled from that message. Does that make sense? And then we're going to compare all these messages. We're going to compare these sermons. Is that clear? Make sense? Okay, so I'm going to say go, and you have basically about 25 minutes to work through this. So it's not a lot of time. So go ahead and start reading the passage and working it out together. Okay, and then I'll come back in about 25 minutes. Got it? All right. All right. Joshua's coming down with a microphone so we can get this on mic. Um, so let's just start up here with group number one. And so I, all I want you to do is spokesperson stands up and said, here's the preacher, here's the audience, and what's the, again, three or four or five key points. And when I have this, I wish this was bigger, but what I'm going to try to do is write down a couple of the key points very simply. And then as we go through the groups, you'll see, I'll just tip my hand ahead of time. Yeah, that's going to be group one. Oh, no, that's group one. Okay, yeah, right there. I'm going to tip my hand ahead of time, but basically what you're going to end up by seeing is that while they're talking to different people and maybe using different gateways to talk about it, they fundamentally share the same exact message over and over and over and over again. <coughs> fundamentally. So, group number one. Okay, Zach, so what passage did you guys have? So we did Acts 2, 14 through 39. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just looking at the preacher, obviously it's Peter. It says yeah. that right in the text. Yeah. Um, and then the audience, one thing we noticed is not only is it a Jewish audience, but they're from all over the Roman Empire because it talks about the Cretes and Arabians and all these different Jews that spoke all the different languages. And that's why like they were speaking in tongues because they were hearing them in their own languages. Sure. And so just, yeah, Jewish, a Jewish audience, but from all over the Roman Empire. Yep. Good. Um, so what would the key... How many points did you come up with there? Uh, we had four. Okay, good. So, what, what do you got? Kind of looking at the first one, it just shows, like, we looked at the prophecy of Joel that it talks about of uh, God's Spirit being poured out on all flesh, and just, like, how that's a prophecy of, of Pentecost. Okay. Um, so, just the importance of the work of the Spirit um, so, and the spread of the gospel. So, could I put prophecy, Holy Spirit? Yep. Is that all right? Okay. Um, and then our second point was just looking at um, how Peter really establishes that Jesus is the Christ, and he shows that from Old Testament prophecy. Okay. So who Jesus is, right? Can I just write Jesus? Sure. Put an asterisk <laughs> there. Yep. And then uh, our third point is that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and that um, his resurrection shows that he is the Lord in Christ. Yeah, his work, right? Cross. Okay. And then our fourth point is just the call to repent and be baptized okay. at the end of the sermon. Right. Repent, right? I like that word call. I use that a lot. That's good. All right, good. Yep. Very good. Group two. Of course. All right, so we have uh, Acts 3, 11 through uh, 15. Again, Peter addressing what he called the men of Israel, the Jews. Yep. So a strictly Jewish audience. Yep, and we have yep. um, basically a five-point Okay, that's all right. First is, is uh, God. Yep, yep. We found this very similar to your God. Yeah. 
right. GMC trust thing. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, it. But yeah. God he identifies, uh, he says, God is the healer. Yep, nature of God. Right. The, the author, um, the God of the patriarchs. He also identifies Christ, the Messiah. Right. So As resurrected, we saw him resurrected, the prophets, just like they found. So yep. identifying the triune God. Yep. Um, secondly was an indictment of, of sin and guilt. You killed him. Okay. So he, he condemns them and indicts men, them. Okay. So, so I'm going to write right in here then sin, right? Yeah. And then the, the key point of the text, you can't ignore verse 19, uh, repent. Yep. is a command to repent, turn. Right. And then um, we, we had to add these two points. Okay. There was a warning for those who don't, and then a promise of God's, Good. Uh, the, the assurance of God's promise to the forefathers and salvation. So could we say, I'm not trying to put words in there, like eternal life versus death, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Consequences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Good warning. Yep. Okay. Group three. Okay. So our preacher was Paul, and then the audience was the Jews. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just... It's Peter. Um, and the audience was the Jews and Gentiles who witnessed Jesus' life and death. Um, and some key points we found were that God shows no partiality. Um, and it says, anyone who fears him and does, does what is right in his sight is acceptable to him. And then Peter shares the gospel. So the first point was God oh, shows no partiality. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and partiality towards man, right? Yeah, right. like Jews so, or Gentiles. This view of man, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. And then Peter shares the gospel, and he says, like, you were there, like, you saw it, you know. Did I say Paul again? Peter. You were there, and you saw the, they saw the, the, res, the, the crucifixion, mm-hmm. resurrection, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, work of Christ again. I'll just put in a little tally mark up there. And then um, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, like all the Gentiles. Um, Holy Spirit right here. Yep, through the preaching of truth. And, and what was the other one? What'd you oh, say? That the power of the Spirit changed the Gentiles by the preaching of truth. Okay, so. preaching of truth, okay. Um, and then the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. So the Jews were amazed that it could even, the Holy Spirit could even be given to the Gentiles. Okay. So that was kind of a point. And then... Um, Basically, at the beginning, Peter explained what the prophets said about the Gentiles being able to believe, and then it was proven when they did actually receive the Holy Spirit. Um, And there was also the importance of the Trinity, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, and we thought that was pretty important. Okay, so we could just basically basically see the nature of God and the nature of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of like tie those together, okay? And lastly, they were commanded to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and not in like the hope of him coming, but... Just they were commanded to be baptized in his name. Yeah, repent and be baptized, right? A call mm-hmm. again, right? To respond to God. Okay, good. Yep. Okay, number four, group four. <clears throat> okay, so uh, the preachers were uh, Paul and Barnabas with him. And the audience was Israel and God-fearing Gentiles. Okay. Uh, so we had Acts 13, 16 through 48. Yep. 
So we narrowed our 40 key points down to six. Okay, yeah, there's quite a bit there, good, okay, go ahead. Um, so first, and riddled throughout the entire passage, because it was, the message was meant for the Jews, um, was a, uh, a lot of prophecy fulfillment. Okay, right, right here um, again, range, right? Ranging from, uh, ranging from the kings and the judges all the way up to, ju to, to, uh, to Christ's coming. Yeah. Um, Jesus was the fulfillment of this prophe uh, these prophecies. He was sent to but rejected by the Jews, and the Gentiles were the grateful beneficiaries. <laughs> so that's kind of a summary of that. Um, John the Baptist pointed to Christ um, by preaching the baptism of repentance okay. and, uh, and specifically pointed to Christ as uh, the one who, who he was not worthy to unloose his, his uh, sandal at you. Um, Jesus lived a perfect life yet died and was raised from the dead, demonstrating his divinity. Okay. So I, I just put all that in the work of Christ, right? There's okay. all this work of Christ. It's all about yep. Jesus, right? What Absolutely. he did, prophecy, died, came back to life, the whole thing. Okay. Yep. Eternal life comes through belief in Christ and not works of the law. Okay. Um, it's found in, I don't remember exactly the verse, but um, uh, judgment if you don't believe. Okay. Uh, with you guys picked up on that too. Yep. Yep. And then finally, uh, preach to all but only a smaller group appointed to eternal life believed. Okay, good. There's a call to repentance and believe, right? Let me put in here, belief. Believe. Okay. Where's five? And where are we at? Group five. That's uh, Acts 17. <clears throat> yeah, so we had Acts 17, um, and the preacher was Paul. Yep. Um, and the audience was the city of Athens, which in particular uh, was a city known of supernaturalists. Um, they believed in a God, just didn't know who that God was. Um, and so kind of the, the key points that we brought or found um, in the text were, um, I thought it was, we thought it was interesting kind of meeting the group where they were at. Like it, they didn't start just on the history of, of Jesus. They knew that there was a God. And so they, that's kind of where uh, Paul started his message was explaining who Jesus was. Yep. Um, and then followed that with um, repenting and okay. then ending with the judgment was kind of the, the three points of his message. Yeah, say those three again. Was who Jesus was. Yep. Uh, repentance and judgment okay good there it is very good and by the way since you brought that up <clears throat> what we're going to do i didn't say that earlier on what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks we could have <clears throat> we could have put this in a different order how we did this for the next couple of weeks but what we're going to do next week is we're going to go back to some of these and we're going to look at if you will i keep saying in this in this class like the doorway like what was the entry point that the preacher was able to find common ground with these folks and then get to the heart of the message. And at this point, we're just focused on the central part of the message, but exactly what you'll, we'll see and we'll unpack in the next couple of weeks, and you guys are picking up on it, is they start at different places sometimes. They're dealing with different people in a different place, and they use that, and they're looking, as I've been saying in the class for weeks, right? We're looking for a doorway. Where's this doorway that God has prepared for us to step through? So, okay, uh, group six. Okay, so we had Acts 26, 15 through 19. Um, our preacher is Paul, and he was preaching to specifically King Agrippa and Festus, which are two prominent leaders, yep. um, which it was brought up that 
Jesus was telling the disciples they would preach the small and the great, and he uses small and the great in this passage as well. Okay. The message, we have, I would say five or six, but they kind of overlap in sure. categories. It starts with Paul discussing how he was appointed by Jesus as a servant and a witness, which this shows Jesus' authority to okay. say that yeah. um, and to preach the message through Paul. Okay. Then he discusses that he was being sent to show the, the Jews and the Gentiles that they can turn to Christ and are sanctified by faith. Um, and then there's a call to repentance and turning to God. Yeah. <clears throat> then that Christ is the Messiah prophesied in the whole of Scripture, and that they that He was raised from the dead, proving that He has power over the dead. Okay. Back to Jesus, His work. You could keep just tallying this up, right? Um, that this is Paul's confidence in Christ's words. Therefore, he is rational because they kept just saying that he wasn't being rational, and he okay. yeah. and he, yeah, he discussed that he was. Um, that this is the reality, and. Then he bookends um, with another appeal for a response from them. So it opens with Paul discussing his authority from Christ and ends with him discussing that it's Christ's authority and not his. Okay, very good. Very good. So um, I want to give you a couple little points here in a minute. But notice as we do this, this is where when we did, we started our class talking about this message of the gospel. And if you notice up there, there's always these same key emphases no matter what you're doing. You know, the Jews the, the emphasizing the prophecy. But there's always, it's the same thing, right? God, man, the work of Christ, and this call to turn from your sin and trust Christ. Another thing that you'll see in some of these sermons that seem to be prominent too that I always find fascinating is, is there's, always, there's a lot of talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's this reality, if you think about what we're saying, is that the presence of God actually will come and be with people. He will make his dwelling with people. It's the Old Testament promise. I will be their God. They will be my people. And I will make my presence with them. Well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times even tied with this, if you say this core message, is like the presence of God will come be with you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted you to recognize <clears throat> as you go through these sermons, because they fundamentally always always preaching the same thing. And I know we've been hammering that, if you will. I don't know if, it could, yeah, it's a good word, hammering. We've been saying it over and over in JD last week as a segue to this week. It was even talking as we tell our own stories. There's something, we can go through the scripture and see there's something about people's stories that's profound, but it's the center core of that story that's the issue. And it is this it's the gospel. Who is God? Who is man? I'm fallen. I'm separated from God. You're separated from God. What is the answer for that? And it's the work of Christ. And all sorts of discussion. Who is Jesus? His identity. Who he is. His authority. What he did. Right? Historically. Real place. Real cross. Real blood. He did something in time and, you know, time and place. And, uh, <clears throat> and we need to then, there's this call that goes out. There's the proclamation of the truth. And then there's this call to turn from your sin and trust Christ. And I just want you to re recognize this. So let me go back. We have just a couple minutes. Let me go back and just show you a couple notes I had. Um, on this. So when we think about this, this is what's so fascinating and should encourage us this morning as we head in even into worship, is that <clears throat> there's actually a divine knowledge that comes from God. And we're sitting here this morning, and it's really utterly amazing that our eyes have been open to it. There's all sorts of people in the world, right, that don't even know this. There's people that have heard this, and it goes right over their head. They don't get it. And somehow we could have that whole theological discussion, right? profoundly God has chosen to open our eyes to this divine knowledge. It's real knowledge. And it comes from God. And just, 
You, you look at a, a passage like John 17. <clears throat> this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Skipping down through 17. I have revealed you to those whom you give me out of the world, that they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words. Can you see this? And you keep reading down through 17, and it is just loaded with this sort of terminology. I have given them your word, in verse 13 and 14. Um, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And then look at this. I have sent them into the world. Right? And I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them. You see, God has done something, us sitting here individually this morning, he's opened our eyes to this truth. And he's brought this knowledge to us. And now, we could, as we're doing in this class, evangelism is a proclamation and this knowledge being sent to the world. And he, we are his vehicle for that. We, he's given us this divine knowledge. And we are to take it to the world. And again, it's a proclamation and a call. Uh, <clears throat> Acts 10, he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as the judge of the living and the dead. There it is. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. You catch that? He commanded us to preach. He commanded us to take this knowledge and be witnesses of it in the world. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And you guys read all this. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things. The other thing part of this, then, is that it's, it's divine power. Again, something we're familiar with. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, the righteousness that is, is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. It is power of God. See, this knowledge is supernatural. It's been delivered to us. It's been brought to us. And all I want you to recognize is 2,000 years ago, we had brothers and sisters in Christ, and wherever they went, they were talking about this message in all sorts of ways, all sorts of creativity, all sorts of, come to my home and let's talk about this, in the streets, in the Areopagus, you know, arguing with the university people. Uh, uh, and we'll see that in a few weeks. There was a persuasion that was going on. God, God could easily just snap his fingers, right, if you will, and metaphorically, and boom, people believe. But God uses us. We're part of this process. That's what's so fascinating. You go back to Genesis, you know. God could have planted a garden that took care of itself. You ever thought about that? Yet he planted a garden that man had to work. There's something about our dignity and about our process. I can't create life but I get to participate. And I deliver this message like planting a seed, and I stand back and watch the magic. It's, it's amazing. Divine power. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is what? The power of God. Okay, we talked about the message. We're done for today. I just want you to catch. This is knowledge that has been delivered, and these, this early church went out with this knowledge and began to preach it, teach it, persuade it in all sorts of processes, all sorts of ways, and we've been called to do the same thing. So we're done for today. The next couple of weeks, we're going to go ahead and kind of dive into the, some of these messages a little bit more just to kind of look at those doorways, and you can kind of, you'll see some parallels to the people you you know, identify with our community. I remember, Jared, you brought up, yeah, we live in this university town. There's certain doorways that maybe are different than other places. So God bless you. Thanks. I hope you had fun with this.
we'll be worshiping in about 15 minutes. So.